City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning and it's a beautiful Saturday and we are down here at Harbour Town right in the Dead Smack Centre. Come down and say hello to us. My name's Paul Bonzo, filling in for Tommy Lyon this morning and alongside me, uh, Tom's partner in crime as always, Bryce. G'day, Gibber. Good morning, Bonds. Thanks for coming down and give us a, giving us a chop out. A pleasure, morning. mate. Tommy's uh, got the feet up at home, I think. A little bit under the weather, but uh, oh, that's, no good. that's all right. No. You've, uh, not... Uh, no better man to, to fill his shoes. Well, I'm not far away, so it was an easy drive How down good. here. And uh, No, it was good. I'm really looking forward to it some, uh, this morning. It's Cox Plate Day, my favourite race day of the year. Um, it, I think it's just the best race. Like, everyone loves the Melbourne Cup, but Cox Plate is just a quality race. And just the venue. I've been to a couple myself, yeah. Bonds, and you feel like you're, you're right on the track wherever you are uh, around the it's a great track. The, the track. So I think they're, they're doing a little bit of um, redevelopment there at the moment. So I don't think they're going to be at full capacity today, but uh, we've got uh, SEN's expert, Miles Fitzner, we're going to talk to a little bit later, who can fill us in on, uh, on what's going to be a big day down at uh, the Cox Plate. So looking forward to seeing... I think they're, they're calling the, the races from the track today, so uh, we'll check in uh, with Milo a little bit later. The, yes, the Magic Man will join us, and I'm sure he'll have uh, some good tips for the Cox Plate, maybe some other races as well. Uh, we're going to speak some sample pathways development with Heath Uni, the uh, development coach down there. Uh, that'll be interesting chat, I, just to see, I guess, where these kids go from under-18 sample how do they prepare to be drafted and go and go to the next level? Yeah, it will be a, a fascinating chat. And, and as we know, that these, these junior pathways are becoming more professional as the years go on. And, and Heath has come back from, from spending a bit, a bit of time over at, at North Melbourne uh, as a line coach there. And he's, uh, he, we all know, his, um, you know how successful he's been in the sand for as a coach and uh, you know playing a huge role in in junior development at the crows being uh, head of development there for for many years so we're going to speak to him about yeah as you mentioned especially the the under 18 guys that uh, are starting to get a little bit nervous leading into the draft in a couple of weeks and and what their years look like because some of them some of the boys uh, have had a a lot on their plate a lot of programs to bounce in and out from uh, along with their their club stuff as well so uh, no doubt a, a nervy time leading into the draft but he can fill us in on uh, what he's been doing with them throughout the year be interesting to know how it compares to when you were coming through as well like it's a little while ago now <laughs> since it you is. Were, since you were drafted so it, it'd be interesting to see and, and you're right it's it's uh, much more developed now and even the kids even media training like the, the way they these young kids speak to media now you, they're 18 years old they sound like they're 25 yeah it's it's pretty impressive and and oh they they leave what we were doing 20 years ago like yeah. oh, I can't believe that I actually got through some of that yeah. <laughs> they made, made they make me look silly when uh, comparing when I was uh, was going through that situation but so uh, yeah you're right that the, the the pathways are so professional now that allows these kids to step straight into an AFL environment with you know, hitting the ground running, yep. giving them the best chance to, to play at the top level uh, as soon as possible. We are down here at Harbour Town, but uh, Saturdays in SA is brought to us by Studio Lumo SA, where we normally are at King one number one King William Street, and we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. Uh, we've got lots more. To, it's a big day. We've got the World Cup, Australia playing the Kiwis. 
this afternoon, 3.30. So uh, that'll be good. Hetty probably back in the side, I think. Yeah, I, I'm excited for yeah. it too, which it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it's going to come at the expense of a good player. Could it be a Manus Labajane? Could it be a Steve Smith? It's going to be an interesting uh, decision to see which way they go. But, I mean, that's what you want, Bonds, in a in a squad where you need to make some hard calls with you know, some very good players. Yes. In a World Cup, obviously, we, we got off to a slow start, as you know, and the, the way the tournament is set up, obviously, a, a long tournament. So it's not necessarily how you start. It's it's building momentum Correct. at the right time of the tournament and hitting your straps when it matters. And I think uh, our performances in the last couple of games are really you know, we're showing some really good signs. So we play a, a Kiwi side that uh, traditionally we've had some some pretty good results when it, we talk about playing them in big games and, yeah, and in big tournaments. The so when all is said and done, they're scared. They uh, don't like playing subconsciously. The you know, we've got the edge. I reckon yeah. when it when we're talking that space, but uh, still going to be a, a tough game, and they're still going to have to play uh, well to, to beat uh, the Kiwis. We'd love you to be part of the show as well. You can text in oh four two seven one five four one double six, or give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Producer Jace is in the studio. I'd love to hear from you. So give him a call. And we'll, he'll put you through to us on air. Um, it is a, it's a beautiful setting down here. And we've got 26 or 27 degrees today. It's perfect weather uh, to so come on down to Harbour Town and say hello and do some shopping while you're here. You can get a selfie with Bryce. I'll take those <laughs> for you because you don't want my head in those. Um, let's, I just want to have a chat. There was a little bit of audio we found uh, from former Carlton player Paddy Dow in regards to how he ended up at St Kilda and what sort of happened during the year. Let's have a listen to that first. Yeah, so the move started, there was conversations that started a few months ago uh, with Ross and Soss and their recruiting team. And um, yeah, after chats with them, it made the decision pretty easy and um, the things that I could potentially provide uh, for this club. And um, yeah, so it made it very easy. And when it got done, I was, yeah, I was very glad to sort of uh, look forward and get started. So, he, chats during the year. So he's a Carlton player. He's had chats with Ross and Soss. So, the coach of St Kilda and their recruiting manager. Is is that it? Do you think that's a, more of a normal thing now? I, I certainly think it, it is. Yeah, hmm. there's no doubt. I think we've come a long way in terms of just, you know, free agency and player movement in general, right? Like, yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty fresh uh, in... In the in the in the game, isn't it really? Yes. When, we, when we compare it to other other codes and, and other sports uh, across the world, so I think yeah, not that long ago, something like this would have been severely frowned upon, and if you were caught doing it, it's just huge ramifications. Uh, yes, within yes. within your club, right? Yes. But you're right. As we've sort of learnt how free agency works and player movement and and players looking to to seek trades is starting to become a little bit more normalised. And, yeah, we've seen, you know, teams reach out to other players during the footy season and, and in this case, a senior coach uh, and obviously list managers as well. So that it's sort of we've sort of moved on from the days where it, you only have to go through your player manager, which is obviously the, the most common, common way to go about it. But I just think with the way the game's progressed and, and, you know, there's other things starting to open up now. We're talking about mid-season trades and, and all this sort of stuff as the game evolves. This is this sort of 
stuff is just becoming more normalised and more common, I think, Bonds. Well, there's another little bit of audio we want to play for you as well. Uh, I think it was just, there was a couple of text messages from Ross, um, just like providing a bit of support and uh, things like that. And then uh, I know Sauce from Carlton and uh, through my draft, which, um, yeah, we had a bit of a relationship and yeah, he definitely made it uh, pretty easy too. So there's Ross Lyon, just texting Paddy Dow during the year, a little bit of support. Jeez, I reckon you played well in the VFL. You, you can't be far away from a league game. Um, Go well, son. <laughs> just just building a little bridge to recruiting him. Jeez, it, Ross must be the ultimate people person. Not only can he focus on his own team and support his own players, he's actually supporting other players from other teams. So It, it means that he had an does. eye on Paddy it for does. a quarter there, there, There's no it? doubt about yeah. that. And, and when you look to recruit guys into your club, you, you've got uh, most of the time you've got an eye on them for a mm. couple of years prior to that. So... Um, Probably smart business by by Ross, really, when when you think about it. So, um, but I guess what we're trying to say here is that this is pretty common nowadays. So it's it was very much frowned upon. You cannot speak to our player. Don't even go, especially if they're in contract or uh, correct whatever's going correct. on. Yep. But uh, it seems that you know, coach of another club can quite happily <laughs> text another player and say, uh, "Loving your work." Um, Let's chat down the yeah, line. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had I experienced a, a similar situation where yep. it wasn't the senior coach uh, of the Adelaide Footy Club mm. at the time, but it was their list manager that did get in touch with me throughout the football season, uh, and it was Justin Reid, who yeah. again I, I had a relationship with. He was a part of my management company before he he got the job as the the Crows list manager. Mm. But uh, yeah, he certainly reached out during the year while I was still playing and. Um, and yeah, wanted to, to have a chat and, and catch up to discuss where I was at and what his thoughts were and what the Crows were potentially looking to get in. So uh, yeah, that was some of those conversations were, were happening throughout the 2016 year, leading yep. into the 2017 season, uh, before the 2017 season. So no doubt that it has been happening for a while bonds yes. on the slide but now it's just becoming more and more shared is, yep. is that a is that a good thing for football to have it sort of i guess seen as this is this is the way things happen well i, I think that's just, just the, way, the way it's going and will we ever get to a, a stage where it ends up like the nrl say where players actually nominate 12 months before that i'm actually signing with another playing. team yep. and then they've still got six months to go in that season so it's a little bit different in terms of it's you know, accepted in that code and players usually still go out and, and give 110% and, and the club backs them in to do that. Whereas I think we've seen in the past in, in the AFL, whereas if, if a club gets a sniff that a player's talking to another club, if they're not going to make the final say, they would just send them to the VFL with a couple of weeks to go and say... Yeah well, you look, you're looking like you're going to be leaving our club. We're going to give some opportunities to guys that are in the reserves maybe that we see a future here at the club. We're going to prioritise them over you. Whereas in, say, the NRL, that player would probably still play out the year regardless of how the team's performing or how that individual's performing. How long do you think it is before, let's throw a hypothetical out there, Connor Rosie, halfway through the year, said, I'm off. I'm going to Collingwood. Do, does 
does that, how does that, one, affect the supporters and then affect the club when it does come down to the end of the year? He's still going to commit to the footy club. He's going to be professional. He's still going to play the best footy. He's one of your best players. But the fact that you're knowing he signed a long-term deal with another club, it, it is is that miles away? Yeah, is that 10 I, or 15 years away I think in the so. AFL? I think so. I think so. I think the more the, the Paddy Dow situation happens and the more we normalise sort of that, it sort yes. of progresses, you know. And it, and it might get to that point at some stage. But I think just with the way... A club set up, a list is set up. You know, there's so many moving pieces now uh, that, yeah, t- to get to that, that that stage, I think we are quite a while away. But you never know, Bond. So, like, it'll be great. The way it's progressing. I'd, I'd love to see something like that. A, yeah. a big name player decide. Well, Bailey Smith's been talking about yep. how he's not actually happy at the Bulldogs, or is or is looking at leaving. But again, that's speculation. It from, is from media and everyone else. Speculation. You can imagine if he comes out and says it that. I've got 12 months left at the Bulldogs. That's right. That's, that's the that's, that's right. the shock factor. Which would yep. which would be amazing, and it'd be a yeah. I think the first player to do that, um, it might open some floodgates. But interesting. What do you think? Get on the text line oh four two seven one five four one double six. Do you think it's a good idea? Should we be more honest and open in our lives? We should always be honest, I think. But should, should some things just stay under the table until we're ready to be released? Uh, interesting to get your thoughts. Um, we're here down here at Harbour Town, thanks to Studio Lumo SA, number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, and uh, we've got a lovely little car behind us too, the Cupra. It's very sharp, the isn't it? Solitaire Automotive, the looks Cupra. very sharp. We've got um, the keys here too. We might have take we? it for a bit of a test drive, right. I reckon, through uh, through Harbour Town before too many people well, roll we, in. We got four minutes to do that. Let's do it now. Back soon. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. We're down here at Harbour Town Bonds and Gibber. Um, uh, it's a glorious day, Gibber. It's starting to warm up nicely, isn't yes. it, Bonds? Yeah, I think the hoodie's coming off very shortly. I um, hope I'm wearing something underneath. Uh, it's, um, I just want to chat a little bit of NBL because, you know, I'm a big lover of the of the NBL and of the Sixers and we call all the games Rupert Sapwell myself for, uh, for SEN. Um, Sixers bought in DJ Vasilovich three weeks ago um, and he's made a difference. Straight, straight up. away. Well, they, they needed to. Straight away. Off yeah. the back of their yeah. start to this NBL season. They were four and one. Uh, sorry, one and four. Um, and they've won their last two to move off the bottom of the ladder up into, uh, I think, sixth position at the moment. They had a really good win on Thursday night against New Zealand in New Zealand. Always tough to beat the Kiwis over there, the Breakers over there. Um, they had... They were behind for most of the game. They came back. They hit the front late in the game. They controlled the last quarter. They got out to an 11, 11 or 13-point lead with about four minutes to go. The game looked, looked pretty much theirs. They had a couple of little nervous moments in the last minute or so. The Breakers got it back to about a six-point margin, and then DJ Vasilovic hits a big three game over. So um, he had 24 points on, the, on uh, Thursday night, Isaac Humphreys is playing the best basketball of his career. 
and he had 17 points, and they had a uh, 97-85 win over New Zealand, which is very, very good over there. You can't underestimate uh, players that have come from successful organisations too. Just the, the experience yes. they bring and, you know, being in a tight situation like they were with with only a couple of minutes left to, to stand up and, and seize a, a big moment, knock down a big triple when it matters. It's, uh, it's certainly helpful. Over the past, well, quite a few seasons, the Adelaide 36ers haven't had that guy who just knows when to shoot the ball. And, and no hesitation. Like uh, Often, uh, even some of the guys who can shoot the ball well for the Sixers, there's just that little split-second hesitation that, oh, should I take this shot or should I pass it? DJ Vasilovic gets the ball in his hand. He knows he's shooting the ball. Yep. And you can see it. You can see it. You can see the difference. And uh, Mitch McCarron's been very good as well. The other week when uh, Trenton Flowers was on fire... Mitch McCarron was really important to that. He kept finding the kid. So the kid's open. I'm going to pass it to him. Gave him some space. Uh, the kid was on fire, hit 26. Five or five from outside three. That was pretty exciting as well. But uh, they they are, uh, I guess, back on track, the Sixers, which is good to see. Well, yeah, it was it was looking like it was going to be a pretty disastrous year uh, at, the, at the start of the year with, with some of their form. But um, you mentioned Isaac Humphreys mm. as well. He's been terrific doing it on both ends obviously scoring getting plenty of boards as yep. well so as you said probably is in career best nick uh, and it's good to have him back because well we, we we love a big man and and when the big man play like big men it certainly makes a difference as well well when he first came here to adelaide him and dj uh daniel johnson not Vasilovich, um they were dominating for the first, I think, six or eight games of, of the NBL season. And then Isaac got injured and never really came back, never really played many more games for the Sixers uninjured. So he's now recovered. He's still only 24. Is he, like he's is he a that pup. youngster? Wow. I he's only 24. He feels, it feels like he's a lot older, but he's only 24. Uh, he, I saw a little uh, clip that the 36ers put out during the week, a little interview with him. And he said one thing that frustrates him is that people say to him, oh, you don't love the game. Yeah, you don't, you don't really care. So, and, so and, and, that's, and his answer to that was, I've, my whole life is basketball. I've changed my whole life. I've given, up, I've given up things in pursuit of a basketball dream and to play in the NBA and to play basketball for a living. And he said that when, when people say that I don't care or I don't look like I care, that really hurts. I bet that hurt any, any yeah. not even professional athlete, but, but anyone yes. in their profession. For yeah. someone to say that you don't care about what you're doing, yeah. that, 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 had, that had struck some hard chords for sure. Yeah, and I think there was, there was some negativity towards him coming back because he didn't have the greatest time here. Yes, he started really well, but he was injured, injury prone. He's been injury prone a couple other places yep. as well. But he seems to have his body right now. He is playing. He's, he's as good as any big man in the league at the moment. So uh, well done to Isaac Humphries and uh, the 36ers. So a couple of good wins. They want to keep the momentum going, no doubt. So yep. a couple of big uh, games coming up. I think the Sydney Kings, uh, the Tassie. 
Tazzy jumping jacks as well. So jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Jack jumpers. Jack jumpers. <laughs> you, knew, you knew where I was going with it. So lucky you're in the seat today, Bond. <laughs> That's to, all right. Uh, correct me for that one. So um, they, they want to keep the momentum going. Yes. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and yeah, their next game is against Perth. And, and for Adelaide fans, get a couple of wins. The other side of things that makes Adelaide fans very, very happy is that Perth Wildcats have lost four in a row. Yep. Was and, that a good time to get them or is that a bad time to get them? Because well, they're probably sure. due to bounce back. Not sure, yeah. I, I thought they would have won last night against Brisbane, who aren't the strongest team in the NBL, but they really struggled. They look lost. And I think their coach, uh, John, really is definitely under a fair bit of pressure. Um, and we like Reels because he's, uh, he's a friend of the Sixers and he's, he's a great man, but uh, yeah, he's just struggling to get that cohesion at the moment. Yep. You obviously call a lot of the home games. Tell me about the fans and the crowd because it, it seems doesn't matter how the 36ers are going and even when they have been struggling, they seem just to still turn up and go nuts. That's what I've been really proud of. Yep. The, the 36ers supporters and, and members that uh, that even, as, as I said, even when they've been struggling, they keep turning up and now that they're starting to win a few games, it's, it's good to see. Look, it, they, the club's done an amazing job. So they cracked the 6,000 members this year, the first time ever. Uh, they're averaging sort of eight to 10,000 um, people at the Entertainment Centre for every home game. Uh, they, like, for example, they, they lost, lost three, they were one and three, and they still got over 9,000 yep. people it's in impressive. the It's very impressive. It's, fa- it's a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. And if you haven't been down to a, a 36ers game, um, just make sure you get down there. And, and so the ki- great family friendly. The kids. Exactly. Great. The kids love it. Yep, the kids love it. The players are great with the kids. Yep. They'll sign autographs. They'll take selfies. Um, if they're lucky enough, they might get a basketball shoe on the way out. Yep. <laughs> you know, so it's it, they do it really well. There's plenty of colour and entertainment and lights and music. And it's just a great night out. And you'll see some really good basketball as well. It's uh, Six is going well. Wildcats struggling. It's great. They lost to Brisbane 84 79. Uh, just some other results around the NBL. Melbourne, uh, too good for Tassie in Tassie. So an eight-point win to United last night. Illawarra beat Cairns on Thursday night as well on the back of a Tyler Harvey three-point bomb in the dying seconds to give the Hawks a much-needed win over the Taipans. So um, so there's a little NBL wrap for you. We've got, uh, we've got to go to the news now, Bryce. So let's do that, shall we? City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W all-terrain tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Welcome back. Beautiful day in Adelaide. Bonds filling in for Tommy this morning here with Bryce down here at Harbour Town. Thanks to Solitaire Automotive and we've got the beautiful Cupra behind us. Bryce, it looks magnificent. We've, uh, we took it for a test drive during the ad <laughs> yeah. break. Uh, it was... It was very impressive indeed. Um, but it is Cox Plate Day, and uh, we've, well, we only go to one man. It's the magic man himself, Miles Fitzner. Fitzy, uh, welcome to Saturdays in SA, my friend. Uh, Bond, give up. Uh, good to be on with you, boys. One of the great days in the Australian turf. And uh, excited to be on with you. And 
how funny, Gibbsy, that we're on and you're all thanks to Solitaire. You remember the day with your bad shoulder? We took a few of the Solitaire cars for a spin. <laughs> we certainly did. Uh, doesn't seem like that long ago, mate. But uh, how is it? You're, uh, you're calling the races from the track today, I believe. How, how's the vibe early down there at uh, Mooney Valley? Well, yeah, well, it's a bit of a stitch up here. Um, I, I would be on track. I'm actually in Narracourt in the southeast of... I've come back for a wedding on Cox Plate Day. So um, it's, uh, look, the vibe here, uh, there's a few cattle in the front paddock, a couple of horses. Um, yeah, uh, the, she- the sheepdog still remembers who I am. Um, so, so the vibe is pretty good at the moment. So, so is, is that extremely selfish to have put your wedding on extremely, Cox Plate Day? Extremely, I would have thought. Give, give them some feedback there, Miles? Oh look! Look, there's uh, there's a few um, days of the year that you don't get married. Um, the top one is AFL Grand Final Day, and the second day is Cox Plate Day. But um, look, uh, close family, friends, and, and you do the right thing for friends and family. And there's always another Cox Plate. I, I've been on track for uh, every other race day so far, and I'll be on track for every single other one. So I was probably due for a bit of a rest, to be perfectly honest. Bryce, uh, it's uh, sorry, um, Fitz. I got me. Players mixed up here. Uh, Fitzy. Well, well if, if, I, if I played about a quarter as good as him, Bonds, I'd be doing all yeah. right, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, so I just want to know, like, you, you're not going to be there, but surely come 10 past five, you're just going to wander out somewhere and put the phone on and, and see who gets home? There, these guys were really smart. They got, they're getting married at 2.30 and the reception's at 6, so... Uh, I'll oh, definitely be watching the Cox play uh, and the Manicato. Um, all the form has been done. Um, it, Melbourne's absolutely humming. I was out on track there for uh, breakfast with the best earlier in the week. We went out and watched the, a bit of the track work and, and had breaking and broadcasts from out there at sort of 6 o'clock in the morning the other day. And um, it, The hype's enormous. Um, it's an unbelievable race. It, it, look, to be fair, there's there's been a few knocks on this race and I don't think that's probably just is what you want in these big group ones is competitive fields um, to make it more exciting. Now it doesn't make it easier on the punt but this is super competitive and and you've got a stack of different form lines so it's going to be one hell of an addition I can assure you of that. So Romantic Warriors the favourite at 380 as you said that probably um, backs up your statement that it is going to be competitive can you just break it down for us how's the race going to play out and and who do you like? Look pretty easy to break down I think Um, after the barrier draw when you get a horse like Zaki that draws 11 uh, 12 should I say he drew last so he has no option but to cross and try and lead Brightside then drew inside so he's going to push up in two Alligator Blood was drawn first. They picked five. He's going to be surging for the lead. And then you've got a horse like Pinstripe from 11 just inside Zaki that he can't win it if he goes back. So the tempo is going to be um, extremely strong early for them to try to get the position. What that does set up for is then horses that map extremely well. So a horse like Romantic Warrior drawn seven, he's probably going to get the drop off a few of those horses that I just mentioned. Um, He's a horse that's rated in the top 10 in the world. He spanked a horse called Dubai Honour. And if you remember, um, everyone in Australia tipped Animo um, for everything over here for, for many, many races. And Dubai Honour just came over here and gave Animo a galloping lesson by two and a half lengths. Um, 
I know that the, the record of Hong Kong horses in Australia isn't great, but we haven't had a horse like this from Hong Kong in Australia. Now, he's running the Turnbull. Um, Danny Shum, the trainer, had come out and said the horse is only at 70 or 80%. We're fully aware of that. He's going for a run. He runs fourth in the Turnbull. Gold Trip, West Wind blows. Those horses beat him. Well, we see what they did in the Caulfield Cup. So the form lines stack up. He draws a good gate. He's got the best jockey in the world on in James McDonald. Um, he has to be on top. Uh, if he runs anywhere near his best, he wins this. Um, look, I, I think the $3.80 mark is, is probably now at your saver. He was sort of four forty, four fifty during the week to try and make some money. They are going to come for him, and they should be coming for him right now at around that 9am mark. So with the world pulls for Hong Kong in, expect him to shorten. If he parades well, he'll shorten even more. Um, but it does give you an option to try and back some other horses. So it's not my only strategy to try and make money in the Cox Plate. And in the Manicato, Shorty, Imperatrez should just be winning? Uh, no, I'm going to take Imperatrez on. If you're, um, if you're backing horses, what are we into now at $1.40 at Mooney Valley? I don't care how good they are. Um, I've only ever seen a couple of horses that I would never take on at the Valley at that quote, and that was Winks and Black Caviar. And, um, um, but, but Imperatriz isn't either of those. A dollar forty there, um, you may as well take it on. It, it is a sit-and-watch race, really, but I'm just going to back I Am Me at $7.50 and Buenos Nachos at $8.50, nice and small, and hope for the best. If you get beaten by a dollar forty pop, that's entirely fine. But... Um, you take those horses on. But I will just go back, though, Gibbsy, that, that I am backing Militarise in the Cox Plate as well um, at the 49.5 kilos. So I've got a, a two-bet strategy in the Cox Plate with Romantic Warrior and Militarise with the 49.5. If the tempo's super, um, you, he'll be able to sort of sit and sort of come over the top. And then in the, in the, um, in the Manicato, I'm happy to risk Imperatrice. I mean... People forget that if you put horses in multis, you should be able to back them, really. So, oh, yeah, you can put her in a multi if you want to, but gee, good horses get beaten at the Valley at, at those quotes. And I know she's a star in the 1,200 might suit, but the price is just absolutely ridiculous. Fitz, I want to go back to the Cox Plate. Gold trip. It'll, it'll go to the back of the field. But uh, if the pace is up, is it, do you think it's got the strength to come home over the top? Yeah, look, it, it certainly has the talent. Uh, the runs have been outstanding. Now, how, how this horse gets through um, a, a really solid race on a firm deck last start, there were queries as to whether or not it was going to run in the Caulfield Cup. Uh, the one thing, talking to the connections and having a look at the speed map, is that this horse will need luck. Now, he's on the same path as he was um, the year he won the Melbourne Cup, which was last year, where he had a run in the Caulfield Cup which was sound. He then had a, 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 which was really good. He had a run in the Cox Plate uh, and he was back in the field and then he came out and won the court, won the, uh, the Melbourne Cup. So he'll need luck to win it. Um, he has the ability to win it. I, I think with the Cox Plate, put it this way, is I had to work the other way rather than finding the winner. I had to work the other way to try to cross horses out that I didn't think could win. So I think King Colorado is probably too hard. It can't win. Duay, I don't think, can win. Fangirl, I don't think, can. Pinstripe, My Oberon, uh, Mr. Brightside and Zaki, I don't think, can win. But I think the rest can. So, hence the two-bet strategy. I did hear that they had, uh, that someone had a $40,000 bet on Victoria Road at $13. So, um, if I had a top four, 
for the Cox Plate, I'd be with Romantic Warrior on top, Militarised second, um, Victoria Road and Alligator Blood in for three and four. That'd be the four horses I'd be including. The, probably the next one, if you're having a quaddy, would be Gold Trip. Beautiful. No doubt you'll have uh, plenty of followers today, Fitz. Uh, and last one, any other specials you got around the country for the good folk that are having a little fodder today? Yep, three bets today. Um, we went four from four yesterday with one um, with a couple, at, one at Gawler, one at Bathurst and two at Mooney Valley last night. So um, short, sharp and shiny today. Race one, number three, taunting. A South Australian horse I think a lot of people will know a lot about. The only danger is unflinching, but I wouldn't be going too hard early. First race of the day after racing last night, but that's the first best. We go to the Crystal Mile in race five. Um, there's a horse here called Antino that's just an out-and-out star. Um, I know people are with Tuvalu, but I'm happy to risk it. Look, Jamie Carr aboard Tuvalu as well, um, and she's not in the greatest of form, and I seem to be that my sheepdog's agreeing with me at the moment. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Antino, yes, that's right, Dickie, it's okay, buddy. Um, Antino um, at $2.70, race five, number four, Antino. And then we go to the last, race 10, number three, Archo Nacho. I tipped this on Thursday at $5. I tipped it yesterday at four eighty. again yesterday afternoon at four twenty. Then after 9am this morning into $3.50, it will start your favourite. Mahabas currently three ten. You'd want to get on Archo Nacho now. So taunting. Antino, Archo, Nacho. If you had one more, maybe Osmos would be my next pick. But um, they're the four I'm looking to make money on. Uh, I wouldn't be going too hard in the Cox Plate on the Manicata. Archer, uh, you're an absolute superstar, Fitz. Uh, enjoy the wedding and uh, hope you make some money on the Cox Plate too, mate. Yeah, well, we'll try and make money on the Cox Plate. But it's this time of year, Bonds, you know what it's like if you everyone's in you for a tip to the Melbourne Cup and the Cox Plate, and if they don't win, they send you the tips that, that they won and tell you they can do your job. But there's 10 races on five cards every day of the year. So anyway, we do our best. Just um, It's Mooney Valley. Just to the punters out there, just tread lightly. Just tread lightly. Have a great day, Fitz. Thanks, boys. Miles Fitzner there, the magic man. And uh, just remember, what's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support visit gamblinghelpline.org.au and i'll just go through fitzy's uh, top five in the cox plate romantic warrior alligator blood gold trip victoria road and militarize always comprehensive from the magic man he's always up and about this year yeah he is uh we're down here at Harbour Town, thanks to studio lumo sa number one king william street and we're powered by lumo Energy SA. Peak AT3W All Terrain Tire. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Welcome back to Harbour Town. We are down here. It's a glorious day in Adelaide, 26 degrees. Bond's filling in for Tommy today. Uh, Bryce is here. Um, Bryce, it's been um, a, a bit of talk during the week uh, that obviously the NRL is the biggest sport in Australia, <laughs> um, according to this man, Peter Velardis. Well, it's very easy. The most watched sport in Australia is rugby league yeah, in, in a season by, by a country mile. So if you measure it by really? the eyeballs of the sport, rugby league is way ahead and no one can argue with that. So... The sign is extremely accurate. And I, my friends down south should put the toys back in the cot 
um, especially Jeff Kennett. I mean, I don't think he's got any toys left. He's thrown so many out. We are the most viewed sport in Australia. The sign is correct, and they should pick their game up. Bryce, no one can argue with that. We're here to argue about it, aren't we? He's dead set just made that up. He's delusional. He's just pulled that from the stratosphere somewhere. He, he is delusional. <laughs> well, he's got a point if you're only talking just in Queensland or maybe just in New South Wales. But when you're talking the whole of the country, yes, he's way off. Uh, miles off. He's wild. Miles off. The numbers, the attendance numbers, the viewing numbers, they're miles ahead of the NRL. Um, I, look, he, he plays a good game. It he is. He talks up his own sport. Publicity stunt, no but, doubt. Yes. He's kidding himself. People are now talking about the NRL yeah. because of that that comment there. Well, he got us. He, he's roped us in. That's right. We're doing it he's right done his, now. He's done his job, really. Um, and uh, maybe get on the text line, 0427 Give us your feelings. But... Campbell Brown, I think, had a response, and I liked it. Yeah, I agree that NRL is the biggest uh, sport in Australia. If you're an ear, nose and throat specialist, going to get those cauliflower ears sorted and the broken noses. Um, it's getting personal <laughs> I think now. that um, it's pretty laughable. If you're, if you're living anywhere outside of New South Wales or Queensland, you know that that's just uh, completely inaccurate. Um, they have less participation, less membership uh, for the clubs, less... Uh, attendance clearly. I think uh, we average 34,000 a game to just under 20. And um, and the AFL, uh, I don't think they've got too much to worry about whatsoever. I think he's nailed it on the head. Yeah. Is uh, is Campbell Brown? So yeah, when you when you cross section every every department, uh, it's yeah miles ahead the, oh, the yeah, AFL. Yeah. There's no there's no. It's not it's even. Not, a, even, not even a contest. It's not even the same weight division. Correct. In my opinion. Correct. Completely agree. Uh, back. City discount tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. We're down here at Harbour Town this morning. Bond's filling in for Tommy. Uh, down here with Bryce. It is Saturdays in SA. It's a glorious day, 26 degrees. We're all here thanks to uh, Solitaire Automotive. I tell you, a nice little Cupra here. It behind certainly us. is, and the Johnny's popcorn store oh, yes. just open, and the waft coming down the corridors here at Harbour Town. It's making me very, very hungry, Bonds. We might have to, uh, yeah, I might have to grab eight or nine packets on the way out. <laughs> um, uh, soccer, the Matildas are going very well. Um, we got some audio of their goals from the other night. Gets down to the byline again, cuts it back. They're queuing up in the middle. Grant is there again. Carpenter! And the player we were just talking about, who sets the bar so high for the Matildas, opens the scoring. Catley's ball, teasing ball, and there it is. Sam Kerr. Who else? At home, back on the score sheet. It's the substitutes that make the game safe 12 minutes from time. Sam Kerr scored. What a surprise. What a surprise. And both started on the bench, Ellie Carpenter and, yes. and Sam Kerr. So th- thought, thinking they might just get it done easily. It wasn't the case. No. So when the game's in the balance, you bring on your Jets and more often than not, they stand up. So 2-1 winners, our Matildas over Iran. Uh, they take on the top of the table Philippines in a... What, Sold out, sold out match uh, over in Perth. 
Bonds yes. in the next couple of days. So yes. their uh, Olympic qualify qualifiers yep. are, uh, are on track. Look, yeah, and so they should be. Yep. They'll, they'll be part of it. They'll qualify, and uh, it's just great that what they've done. I've heard a little bit of audio during the week as well about just the participation rate of girls' football has just jumped leaps and bounds since the World Cup, which is great. It's fantastic, and they, the, the whole nation really embraced what the Matildas were doing, uh, weren't they? And uh, there's no doubt there was going to be a, a spike following it in, in participation in, in, girls, in girls' football, and um, you know, it's, it's great being a, a father of a daughter, knowing that, uh, you know, that there's programs and, and pathways, uh, not only um, in in AFL, but in, in other, other sports as well. So um, it's a credit to what the girls did in that World Cup campaign. And um, now it's, it's shifting over to the Olympics and obviously created a, a, a huge fan base, uh, which will continue to follow them into, the, into this Olympics campaign. It will. Um, Ange still doing things uh, right in the Premier League. They're sitting proudly on top. The Spurs? He certainly is. They were uh, 2 1 winners uh, over Crystal Palace overnight. Uh, Crystal Palace scored a, a 90 minute goal, but the game was done and dusted. Uh, they, they were in control for most of the game. Uh, another away win for Ange's uh, Spurs. So they sit uh, two points or three point, five points clear as it sits. Five points. At the, at the end of today, but obviously they're the first game yes. off this round. So plenty more football to come what about your over the weekend. Uh, the Reds are tracking along okay, sitting in the top four uh, along with Man City and Arsenal. They play uh, not Nottingham Forest uh, at Anfield, so you'd think that would be a comfortable win. Uh, Mo Salah in uh, electric form, as he always is. But uh, eight nil, something like that. Oh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> I've captained him for my uh, EPL fantasy side this week. So if, oh, he can, okay. if he can kick four or five of the four eight, four or five uh, of the eight, that'd be handy. But uh, it's the Manchester derby as well, Bonds, to to finish off the round. Manchester United take on Manchester City, which always is a, a grudge match. It is. Uh, it's at Old Trafford, so uh, no doubt the Manchester United fans will be up and about. But uh, that should be a, a cracking match as well. And and Manchester City the. Uh, they're just ticking along nicely, as they do most years. But uh, always a tough task to go to Old Trafford and, and knock them off. And they've been under the pump a little bit, United. So they'll be looking to uh, to have a big game as well. Bryce, after the break, we're going to speak to Sandville Pathways Development Manager Heath Uni. Looking forward to that. But now it's time for the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Blue skies in Adelaide. Bonds and Gibber down here at Harbour Town. A glorious day. Great to have you with us. And you can be part of the show as well. Text in 0427 or give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But Bryce, we've got a very special guest on the line now, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Down there at Seaford Meadows, they've got a massive car park sale. It's on today. Uh, started at 8 o'clock, go through to 4. So get down to our good friends at Toolkit Depot down there at Seaford Meadows. But joining us now is um, Sandville Pathways Manager Heath Uni. Welcome to Saturdays in SA, Heath. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. 
Just want to ask you a little bit about your role and uh, now you're back at the sample, back in Adelaide. Uh, how are you enjoying it? Yeah, look, at uh, firstly, I'm really grateful for the SNFL giving me an opportunity to come back and, uh, and join their wonderful team in the Talent Pathways led by Brenton Phillips and Tony Bamford. Um, look, what I will say, guys, it's a little bit different to being in the, uh, the cut and thrust of AFL footy. So uh, a little bit of life back, a little bit more balance, but uh, really enjoying the role at the moment. Thanks for coming on, Unit. Um, so obviously we're getting close to the draft and players yeah. uh, in their 18th uh, year, it seems that they've got a lot on their plate uh, in, mm. in the current day. So, so can you run us through what uh, a player in their, in their 18th year, some of the programs, especially the guys that, uh, with, with a lot of talent, they're, they're in and out of different programs with it's through yeah. the state, working with their clubs, some, some national academy stuff. Can you just uh, give the listeners a bit of an overview of what a, a, a year calendar looks like for some of these really talented players? Yeah, look, uh, first and foremost, one of the, the things that probably grabbed my attention when I first walked back in to this sort of role was the amount of pressure these 18-year-old kids are under in their in their draft year. In fact, some of them uh, will find being in the AFL system uh, less pressure, uh, which which is crazy in itself. I, obviously, when I played, the social media wasn't as evident and, and prominent and um, the amount of uh, you know, amount of papers and amount of media people talking about footy was was uh, was less. So these guys have got so much pressure on them at the moment. And to talk about their calendar year, you know, we talk about a guy like a you know a Jack Delina or a Kane McAuliffe, uh, Ash Moyer. They um, you know they would have started off their 18th year being selected in the National Academy, uh, which is obviously run by the AFL, which is led by Tark and Lockyer, so there's information coming from them. They've got their clubs. You know, Jack Deline, for example, trained with the seniors, trained with the under 18 So there's two different two different things coming from them, and then you know us at the state program. So they've got four different programs we're trying to manage them through. And part of my role and the state program's role is to try to just provide some clarity for them um, and and see if we can give them the best chance to perform ultimately at national level when they play in the Nationals and then get them prepared for the AFL draft. But, yeah, we're, not, we're listening to myself talk about it. There's so many things going on for these young players. And, and for some, there's another stakeholder, and that's college. Um, so, you know, you, at any given time, you've got five people trying to provide them information. And then outside of that, you've got, as you know, Bryce, you've got external, external people, whether it's managers, whether it's parents, whether it's friends. So we're just trying to cut down the limit the amount of voices and get everyone on the same page and um, and give them as much clarity as we can to be able to go out and just play footy on a weekend. So, so how important is it to to communicate with with all parties and and making sure everyone's on the same page, right? Because it's yeah. it's trying to to come to a, you know, some decisions and what programs these mm. kids are, are doing and what they need to work on to best give, them, give themselves the best chance to get drafted. That must be extremely challenging to, you know, you've got three or four parties mm. having maybe different mm. opinions. It's, uh, it'd be yeah. pretty tricky to, to try and, you know, ha- making sure the communication's spot on that everyone's on the same page. <clears throat> yeah, oh, mate, exactly. And the thing what I've found is collaboration's key. We get everyone in the same room and try to, try to get their best outcome and ultimately in the end you just got to put the player at the front of mind and what's best for the player and off the back of that Bryce we've spoken 
briefly. I was down at your club during the week. We've launched a new program and a new academy, and we're led by Tony Bamford in that. What we've, what we've noticed is that to help with some of this is we're going to launch a, an academy that starts in November and we'll bring select, we've selected what we think the best 32 players for next year's um, draft and, and beyond and put them into a 10-week, 11-week program run by the state uh, coaches and, and hopefully just take them or, or provide one less challenge for them in the amount of voices. And what we've done in the last week is go to clubs and spend time with each of the sample clubs to get to know their athletes and collaborate on what we think is going to be uh, going to be a, a really, really strong program and expose them to um, hopefully one voice or, or limit the amount of voices they get for a 10-week period. Heath, I want to ask you about the communicate. You mentioned, you mentioned getting all parties on board, but I would have thought it would be pretty important to have the family, the parents of a young kid, uh, involved in all these decisions and what they're doing. How closely mm. do you communicate with the families? Yeah, it's a really good question. I remember when I was uh, yeah, part of a pathway program, Bryce might have had the same, is that the coaches, once you got your 18th, 17, 18th year, the coaches said to the parents, they're now under our sort of guidance, step back, stand away. I don't want to hear anything from the parents. And I think that's changed now in the current landscape. And, We've got to bring, as you said, bring parents on board. So we'll we'll give them opportunities to call. We'll have, yeah, we just had a Zoom with all the parents last week to give them information and try to bring them on that journey. Uh, once again, if for some parents they're really, really, uh, they really got, got great knowledge around the pathway process. For some, they're naive and they don't know. Um, so we've got to bring them on that journey and give them give them the experience and probably an understanding of what what the AFL industry's like without them just trying to have to guess. And so, yeah, we'll try to bring everyone uh, in the tent, I call it. So managers, players, parents, clubs. Um, and if we can do that, I think we've got the best chance to give the player the best opportunity to, to play at the highest level they can. Uh, so, And just a word on maybe the, the group as a whole this year, uh, without going into too many individuals, obviously it's going to be a nervous yep. time in, in the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks <laughs> leading into the draft. Uh, how have you seen this crop? And, and hopefully all of them get drafted, but if, yeah. uh, if they don't, um, some of them hopefully can step straight into the senior program at uh, their, their Sandville clubs. Yeah, look, we would have, uh, we would have loved to perform a little bit better at uh, national championships. We won one game out of four, so we always want to try to put ourselves uh, in a position to win every game. Um, there was some there's some great standout performances, and some jumped out of uh, nowhere. And and there's some that would have loved to been able to play a little bit better. And that's that, that's the challenge. And you said at the top, Bryce, the pressure they're under. They got four games to perform at national level, and for some they didn't, for some they didn't. And I think the group as a whole, we we probably. Uh, Previous years, we might have a little bit more depth this year. And interestingly enough, when you go back through it, these guys, there was a period of time, these guys through their 16th, 17th year, uh, they were through COVID period. So there's a, there was a, there was some uh, challenges with their development through those crucial parts of the year. Um, we hopefully now we'll get, we've got through that. And um, as we move forward, our, our, our challenge is to continually try to provide the best environment for these players to play the best footy. And, and probably further to that, Bryce, you hit it on the head. For the guys who don't get drafted, and, um, yeah, it's a disappointing period of their time, obviously, but it's only one small step and the pathways now are so much greater than ever before. And These kids are lucky. 
compared to some Victorians, they get to come back and play league footy or in a league football environment. Uh, us and WA are probably the two that allow that. So the kids that don't get drafted, we'll be trying to work closely with them to make sure that they, uh, they may be disappointed, but it's not the end of their pathway. Heath, you said uh, about this new squad that you're picking, 32 players. Yep. Throughout, throughout the year, is there someone that might... like the, I know the kids are watched from under-16s and maybe under-15s yeah. right through, but is there an occasion where someone just jumps out of the box? They're having an amazing under-18s or they're, all of a sudden they're playing league footy at sample level and they... Yeah. Is, is it rare to, for that to happen or is it... Or is uh, that quite common? You might get one or two players, three players that will come from nowhere into the elite level. Yeah, it's a really good point. We we only had this conversation with the 32 guys we selected, and they're, they're fortunate. They're in a fortunate position to be able to train all together for the 10 week period. But there's no guarantees those 32 will then be in our state state squad come May. Um, so there'll be there'll be one or two that'll jump out that aren't in this current 32 squad and. Probably we knew about uh, Taylor Goad last year, but he wasn't in the original hub. And, you know, he's now at, what, 207 centimetres and can run sub 2-3. He's now put himself in a really a really strong position to be drafted come late November. So there's always going to be one or two. And we, we stress that to the guys that don't get picked and also stress to the guys who, who are currently in the squad. But there'll be someone that will just play really strong footy um, through the first part of the year that we just demand to pick them in the, in the state team program. So, yep, for those guys who, who don't get selected, um, there's always, as I said, there's always another pathway for them to get, get noticed and hopefully get drafted. Well, thanks for your time this morning, Unit. Uh, how are you uh, spending this glorious Saturday afternoon? Well, uh, I've just got up. I've been away, Bryce, and I've just got up and noticed I've just got a new dog, so I've had to clean that mess up. And uh, and now I'm about to mow my, about, I'm about to mow my lawns and cut my hedges. So on this glorious day, uh, no one cuts them for you when you go away, mate. So that's what I'm uh, spending this morning. And then I'll sit down and have a nice cup of coffee and uh, maybe maybe turn the TV on and watch the Cox Plate a bit later on this afternoon. Heath, great to have you with us. Um, <laughs> congratulations on your roll back at the sample and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you very soon. Thanks, Heath. Good on you. Enjoy the show, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Heath Uni there, the sample pathways coach, uh, player development, uh, just giving you a little bit of an insight to these young players who are t- about to take the next step to the AFL. It's a good chat, wasn't it? Uh, he's a ripper and the sample, uh, it's a great get to have him back working with the, the junior pathways. I mean, I, I had a little bit to do with him at the Adelaide Crows when he was head of development there and uh, one of the, the great footy minds and for someone to have such good balance from a, when he was in the AFL system to have relationships with the, the senior players and, and help them through their journey but then to, to flip his young developing hat on and, and help the, the first to three-year players. I, I've seen no one do a more better job than, than Heath Uni. So... It's, uh, it's a great get for the sample to have him back involved in their programs. Fantastic world well under the sample. And uh, once again, great to have a chat to Heath. Uh, we are down here at Harbour Town. Glorious day. Come down and say hello to us. Uh, we're here till 10.30 and we're here thanks to our good friends at Solitaire Automotive. And you can come and have a look at this beautiful Cupra that's sitting behind us as well. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All Terrain Tyre.
This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Bond's filling in for Tommy this morning down here with Gibber at Harbour Town, where it's glorious. The people are wandering around doing their shopping. Um, I, I come down here a, bit, a little bit too. I'm not that far away from here, so uh, I might, might get some wheels on the way out. I yeah, why not? Get Plenty of bargains. Wheels. There is. Some good uh, big brands as well down here. Sit next to uh, Peter Alexander and the... Uh, the people working in people, uh, people Alexander, Peter Alexander, yes. they get to uh, work in their pajamas. So, how cool! That's uh, how cool. It's a, a pretty big tick in my book. Um, uh, Peter Jackson, you can get a bag of fruit right next to us as well. <laughs> We're just trying to get as many free, as much free stuff as we can on the way out. Um, we are here thanks to uh, Lumo SA Studio Lumo SA at Number One King William Street, and they are powered by Lumo Energy SA. We're also here for Solitaire Automotive. Now, Bryce, uh, mid-season draft, it's been on most people's AFL lips for a little while now, a few years, but it's getting closer and closer. And uh, Laura Kane, the footy boss, had something to say about it. The parameters are important and it depends on what we want to see happen. So who is it for? Is it for the teams that are lower ranked? Is it for the teams that are higher ranked? The watch out is... Um, moving players to the top-ranked teams will clearly interrupt competitive balance. However, we want to create more interesting mechanisms for players to move and we want them to have opportunity in real time, not having to wait to the end of the season. So the mechanics of that is where it's a devil in the detail. Is that right? So, so what she's basically said there is that uh, the strong will get stronger and the week will lose their best players? Well, not necessarily, I don't no. think, Bonds. Because players that aren't getting an opportunity in a strong side might want to move to a team down the bottom of the ladder, per se, to, to play more senior footy. Correct. So I don't think it, it will end up just being the stronger teams getting stronger. And she mentioned what, what is the reasoning for. She seemed to go down more of a team point of view, but I actually think it's more of opportunity for players as I just mentioned. And it's not like you're going to be getting, you know, your top players requesting a trade in the trade period. I don't think that's what it will be designed for. It would be designed for, for, for teams that uh, get injuries, that their ruckman goes down and another team's maybe got three ruckmen all playing well. They might, two of them might be playing in the, in the sandfall or in the VFL uh, and just aren't getting an opportunity. So, uh, a pathway that one of those players could could end up at a club to, to play more senior footy would what what it would be all about. I think there's also going to be compensation for those lower clubs as well. They might trade one player but get two back. There might be financial gain, which means they can spend more money on coaching development players. So I th- I, look, I, I think it just has to happen. It'll be exciting. Um, Neil Baum had a bit of chat, bit of a chat about it as well. I think it's inevitable, yep. just the same. And for players, you can see why. Like, if, if all of a sudden you're playing and we said at the start of the year you're our first ruck or something, and then by round 12 when the draft is, you haven't had a game yet because we haven't picked you, I mean, it's reasonable for you to say, well, hang on a minute, are you going to play me or not? And then we might say, well, we don't need to. You're third in line and we're paying you reasonable dough and all of us, you know, because it could be in the club's interest as well because then they can spend the money on the forward they need or the midfielder they need or something. So I think it does make sense. 
He's pretty much just reiterated <laughs> what we just said. I he think, was listening Bonds. to you, Bryce. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it depends what hat you got on. You've got uh, Laura Kane with, a, yep. with their AFL hat on and, and what it looks like potentially from a business point of view. And then you've got um, a footy boss at a club's hat on and Neil Baum, and he's working out what the best thing for his club is. So, um, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I agree with him. It, it's inevitable. It, it'll come in. Uh, and whether they will it come it, in next year, I I think so. I think yeah. it's closer than, than yes. not. Yes. yes, if it's not next year, it'll definitely be the year after. Laura Kane was sort of talking about also um, the structure of it, how it will work. Should it just be no rules, so open slather? Like there's no if if it's a mid season draft just let the clubs go about it and and see what happens or should there be some rec- some restrictions on i guess court number of players yeah. that go should it should it, you know a club only be allowed to trade two players for example i think there will be some rules and parameters when it first comes in just to to test the waters a little bit i think we saw that with free agency that there were a whole lot of rules and uh you know only players in a certain window that could move mm. and nominate clubs and then as we've got used to it and we've understood it a lot more um, then you know they've changed the rules and, and opened it up a, a bit more so I dare say it'll be a similar situation with with a mid-season draft or mid-season trade period uh, there'll be some rules but then as we understand it a little bit more and, and you know you know what clubs are like they'll be looking to find loopholes all over the place to, to try and get an advantage with these things. So just having some rules and keeping it tight maybe in the first year or two until we understand it a little bit more and get used to it, then you can tweak the rules as the years go on and it'll find it gets to a point where it might be a free-for-all at some stage, but I don't think we'll see that straight off the bat. Question without notice, should there be an age limit on tradability mid-season? In terms of you've got to do your time... At a club before you ask to be any, traded, any or player under twenty three can't be traded. Can't be traded. I, I Something like that. I, I don't. Know. I, I mean, I don't mind that. We saw that with free agency. You had to spend eight years yes. at a club, or or be in, um, you know, have two or three contracts into to your AFL career before you could mm. be eligible to be a free agent or restricted or non restricted. So yeah. I, I can sort of see where you're coming from, and and those are the sort of rules and caps that the AFL might put in place. In in the first couple of years of, of exploring this this option, I think it's a I, I it's going to make great it's going to make a great watch. Everyone's going to be wondering, talking, leading into this trade period. We're going to get the same chatter through media and just blokes in pubs, <laughs> just about who's going where. I've heard this. I've heard this rumor. I know this bloke's going there. I know this bloke's going here. Um, You're going to get the silly season mid-season. Mid-season, you? it's like, great. It, it is, it is. And what it, do you think out there? 0427154166, give us your thoughts. Um, I, I just think it it makes more it makes a more interesting competition mid-season. Like if, it, if things are plateauing out in the middle of the season, we're still shuffling about who's going to make finals, who's not. But all of a sudden, a player who, a, a club who is sitting on the edge of the eight picks up a player that could make them good enough to challenge for top four. Yeah, exactly. And we know injuries are a part of the game. We don't like anyone seeing get injured. But if, if one of your key players, you're sitting in the top four mid, mid, just before mid-season, one of your key players goes down with a, a long-term injury, 
it's hard. They're hard to replace your, yes. your, your, your key players. So being able to go out and, and get someone, you might not be able to get like for like, but to, to bolster your stocks from that point of view. Uh, and maybe that's what Laura Kane's saying in terms of that gives those, those teams that are playing well opportunity to continue to stay strong. But uh, on the flip side, as we mentioned, the teams that, that are up the top of the ladder have usually got depth. Yes. They're competing for spots. And the guys that are on the fringe that would get a game in 80% of other sides in the AFL, those are the guys that might go, nah, I'm going to go and help a team come from 14th of the ladder and try and push for a final spot and, and get more opportunity at senior footy. I can't see my future here. I've been at the Bulldogs for so many years. Team English is the Ruckman. So Jordan Sweet could have moved mid-season to Port Adelaide to help with the Ruck issues they had this year. Would that have made a difference to where Port finished this year? Potentially. Or they, yeah. get, or they get a Brody Grundy halfway Correct. through the season. And That's the per- probably the perfect example. Brody Grundy goes and we know what he's capable of when he's up and going. Port Adelaide finish in the top four. You know, anything. Mid-season trade. So there, there is scope for some of those amazing stories to, to come out of that as well, Bonds. I think it'll happen. Um, plenty more coming up here on Saturdays in SA. We're down here at Harbour Town. Bonds and Gibber, uh, come up and say hello. It's time for the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wild Peak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. We are down here at Harbour Town on a glorious day in Adelaide. Hope you're enjoying the sunshine. Come down and say hello. Paul Bonds are filling in for Tommy Lyon this morning. Bryce is with me. We're here for Studio Lumo SA, number one King William Street. And we're powered by Lumo Energy SA. And, of course, for Solitaire Automotive. And we've got the great, beautiful Cupra sitting behind us that we're driving home, aren't we, Bryce? Looks very fast. Looks very stylish. and Goes yeah. to 60, goes to the speed limit. <laughs> goes yeah. to actually 80 out here. <laughs> um, but it's a glorious looking vehicle, it so is. come and have, an, have a look at that as well. Um, uh, it is it is cricket season, officially. Uh, I just want to go through the Redbacks for you. They're in a bit of a battle with WA. Bold WA out uh, for 241 on the back of big Wesley Agar smashing through their order. Uh, they got off to a good start, WA. They were one for 100 and and Big Wes uh, cleaned him up. I think he ended up with 6-4-42 off his 22 overs. So great to see Wes Agar back in action and bowling well. Um, South Australia were in a bit of trouble as well, Bryce. They uh, lost some early wickets. Henry Hunt failed again. Daniel Drew out for a duck. The skipper, Jake Lehman, out for a duck. But then in steps, Ben Menenti. Ben Menenti recruited the off-spinner who can bat a bit. He made 86, and South Australia ended up with a first-innings lead. So 264 South Aussies uh, were, and that gets underway in about 20 minutes' time, 25 minutes' time. And overnight, WA are no wicket for eight. Down at the Oval. Down so at the Oval. I'm nice, there tomorrow, actually, nice commentating. Um, not doing last much. Day. Head down and watch the, the Redbacks. Can they go back-to-back back wins? Oh, that'd be nice. Especially against WA. They're, they've been the powerhouse of cricket in Australia. Very for talented squad. 10 years. But, uh, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they can bowl them out again for a reasonably competitive score. Sets up a great last day and a, and a good run chase for the Redbacks. 
another big game of cricket on today, Bryce, is Australia playing New Zealand in the World Cup. 3.30 start here in Adelaide. So turn on your TV, watch the Aussies smash the Kiwis. Certainly, certainly. And we get them at a good time, the Kiwis. We're just starting to hit our straps a little bit in this World Cup, Bonds, as we know... It's a longer tournament this year. You play everyone once, so it's not necessarily how you start yes. this World Cup. You, you want to sort of peak and build your momentum at the right time. And off the back of a couple of pretty good performances by our Aussies, uh, I think we're starting to do that. And we play a, a New Zealand side who traditionally we've had quite a good record against in big yes. games, in big tournaments. Yes. So the, the Aussies will... You know, take you have to take confidence out of that from a, a psychological point of view, and and that'll be in the back of the Kiwis' minds. But with giving them the utmost respect as well, because they're they're still having a, a pretty good tournament and have got some dangers on their squad as well. But it's going to be a bit of a selection squeeze potentially. Well, Trav, Trav comes back in. There's no there's to, no question. He? He's not 100 percent fit. He's still uh, he'll probably have a couple of jabs in the hand and he'll be fine. But he had a, a good net session um, overnight and also had a bit of a bowl, which is important. So he, he'll open the batting if he yes. plays? Yes, he opens the batting. Yep. So Mitch Marsh drops down to three, which that's fine. That works. But someone misses out. And I guess the people in the firing line are Cameron Green, Manus Labashane, or dare I say it, Steve Smith. Yeah. Would you have a pick out of the three? I think Green misses out. Do you? Yeah. I, I don't think they need the extra bowler. Yep. Uh, I think you're going to get overs out of Mitch Marsh um, and Trav. So I don't think you need Green's bowling. And I, I just think Marnus, if they lose early wickets, can hold that middle section together. He's not traditionally a traditional one-day fast scorer, but he can. Uh, but I'd like to see him, yeah. I'd like well, I'll play him. devil's advocate, and I'll say that man, Marnus, will be the one okay. to miss out. I just think him and, and Steve Smith uh, you know, play a similar, similar game. Steve Smith might be a little bit better at playing spin than, than Marnus, but uh, I think with Head coming back in, Marnus might be the one to drop out. Who I don't think he was in the initial squad Marnus wasn't to start, in the, so no, he wasn't, in he wasn't necessarily in their plans for this World Cup, but has come in, and don't get me wrong, he's done a, a pretty good job. But Very I just good. think him and Steve Smith are, are a similar type, uh, you know, batsman in that in that order, uh, batting order. So yeah. I think Marnus might be the one, the unlucky one to, to miss out. But it's a good sign when your good players, world class players, are missing out in a tournament. What like this. I love as well, and this is my South Australian hat on here. Uh, we must have Travis head yep. at the top of the order, and that's he makes us. That's better. unanimously. Yeah, he makes what us people's a view and it, opinion is. So hopefully it, he can come yeah. on and make a, an immediate impact. Yeah, he's not one hundred percent fit, but we need him. We need him. Um, I like it. Who do you think should come out of the Aussie side? Text in oh four two seven one five four one double six. Uh, Bryce, have a look at the uh, table uh, for the World Cup. Um, South Africa on top. Uh, they played the extra game. Um, they had a, a nail-biting win last night. Uh, Ten points. India in second. Then New Zealand and Australia in the top four, which seemed amazing um, after they lost their first two games. Uh, but they uh, they played New Zealand, so they could actually jump ahead of New Zealand yeah. with a solid win. You'd think all things trending in the right direction. You'd think the Aussies can win this afternoon and they can sort of finish in that in that third spot in uh, in this tournament. Yeah. Still a long way to go, as we know, but 
as as we said, this is the, the time when you want to be hitting your straps and building that momentum. Is that top four set now? Can Sri Lanka or Pakistan, Afghanistan, can can they make? They're the, they're the teams one win out of the four. Well, can they make the final four and knock out a New Zealand or an Australia? It'd be very unlikely. I don't think Australia would be that team. It would have to be New Zealand, and they would have to completely fall apart between now and the end of the tournament for them to drop out. Well, if anyone's so going to choke, be, it's probably going to be South Africa. It'd be it? unlikely, I would have thought. <laughs> I don't know. And, and obviously, we'd love to see England sitting... Uh, just on two two points, one win. They're a rabble at the moment. Couldn't believe it. They they were spoken about with one of the favourites yes. leading into this tournament. Yes. And they have just not shown up at all, which I'm not that mad about, to be honest. It's Bons. great to see. It? <laughs> it's just fantastic. Uh, so lots of cricket going on. That's at 3.30 uh, today. You'll see the Aussies taking on the Kiwis. And um, I think... We're pretty confident going into that game where, if you asked me that a week and a half ago, I'd, no, we're not beating yep. New Zealand. Um, and get down to Adelaide Oval if you're doing nothing else today. Um, you want to see some great cricket, head down to the Oval. South Australia taking on WA, as I said, in a really close contest. Um, the WBBL's on at the moment. Are you watching a bit of that? A uh, little bits and pieces, yeah. Did you see Grace Harris smash 130 the other day? Pretty impressive, wasn't it? Yeah. And she had a broken bat. She broke the handle on her bat, and she goes, "Oh no, it's all right. The I'll just hit it anyway." It was brilliant, and she hit it for six. <laughs> broke her bat, smashed it into great, a couple of pieces, and the ball travelled over the fence as well. That was uh, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was uh, something to see. All right, so we've still got a bit to come here. We are down here at Harbour Town. Come and say hello, Bryce Gibbs, myself, Paul Bonza. And uh, you'll spot us. We're just behind the beautiful Cupra from Solitaire Automotive. Back for more here on Saturdays in SA. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Welcome back. Uh, We are down here at Harbour Town. Bond's filling in for Tommy this morning. And uh, it's glorious down here, isn't it? Bryce, I don't think I'm going anywhere in a hurry. It's oh, beautiful me here. either. Sun's out, gun's out, so I'm going to have to take this jumper off. It, uh, it is just warming up nicely. A bit of popcorn on the a, way out. A great day. Buy some new wheels, get a coffee, and uh, just do some shopping down here at Harbour Town. And um, it is time for the dig. Uh, view the range at Sherlock, lastlonger.com.au. Uh, time for a dig. Have you got a dig for us, Bryce? I do have a dig, Bonds, and I'm going to dig the NBA players who want to rest. Want to rest in games when they potentially don't need to. So take a little bit of grey out of this. If you're coming back from a long-term injury, you know, a knee injury or or something significant, I can understand it. Injuries different. Injuries, take that away. But players resting because of even age or they're not feeling up to it or a little bit tired. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, thank you. None of this garbage. They're on these massive contracts. Yep. People travel thousands and thousands of kilometres to come watch them play. And if you you got a favourite player that you're coming to watch, you're spending money on a ticket to come watch them, travel, and you turn up, and they decide, oh, I'm a little bit fatigued tonight. I'm going to have the night off. 
How flat would you be? Oh, you'd be devastated. You'd be, sh- you'd be, it'd ruin your whole experience. And it's, it's not like they're earning a hundred bucks a game. They're not. No. So, so you think they've got to pay back to the, to you, we don't want to see LeBron resting for the whole season no. unless he's injured. No, and he's come out and said he's going to be on uh, a limited minutes from game to game. I'd rather that than yes. resting. Completely, and so much so the at the AFL, the NBA have come out and tried to make some rules around it to stop oh, this happening. Right. And I've done some recruiting oh, around have? this dig. I have, and I've gone and gotten one at the all time to help me here. Yes. Listen to this: If you're going to make fifty, sixty million dollars a year to play basketball three or four days a week, play basketball, man. Now, if you're injured. If you're injured, don't play. But everybody hurts after the first two weeks of the season. Your, your legs sore, your knees sore. Y'all got the best shoes. You got the best medical staff. You got ice baths. Man, if you can play, shut the hell up and play. <laughs> Charles Barkley, the legend. Oh, that's great! Just isn't went it? whack, and that uh, that crowd that erupted in after he was speaking—that yes. was the crowd down here at Arbor Town that have just gathered <laughs> and are listening and are getting behind that dig as well. So, that's my dig for the week, Bonds. What do you got for I me? I like that. Well, I got a basketball theme as well, but this is local. This is NBL, so I'm having a dig at uh, the NBL little, which you know. But the, my dig is not at the league itself. They're doing a marvelous job, and crowds are great, and the teams are great. The NBL have courtside seats. There's a, there's a number of courtside seats reserved for social media influencers. Hang on a second. So every game, you will have three or four influencers, which I don't quite get. I'm maybe a bit old for that. But influencers sitting courtside. Yep. So they pan the camera onto them, and then they say, this is uh, Lucy McGee. She's got a million followers on TikTok. Surely those seats can be better utilised than putting someone who uses their phone a lot. So are they, they're there to promote the game or are they, they, are they tweeting or Xing play to play how it's, well, the game's unfolding? I'm, What's, I'm, I'm what are they actually I'm doing I'm guessing there? they're taking or 18, they're just, 18 selfies or they're and just posting free them. tickets that they're after. And they're sitting in the best seats in the house courtside at an NBL game. So I think, look, I, I, I think the people following those influencers couldn't give a rat about the NBL. <laughs> they just want to look pretty and I don't know. I, 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 am I wrong here? Uh, look, I, I might have accepted Am I too old? I might have accepted a, a, some courtside seats a couple of years ago <laughs> yeah, but, to but, sit there and uh, watch the basketball. Okay. I'm okay, You're with, okay that. with that. I'm okay with that. If they want to give celebrities, and I'll put you oh, as, you're a celebrity. D-grade. We're talking D-grade now. But if Bond. they want to put Australian cricketers, they want to put footballers, they want to put A-league players in these seats, Sport, sporting people, sporting icons, let's put, you know, if if um, Delta Goodrum comes to town to see a, the brother and she wants to go to a Sixers game, let's whack her in a seat. What if we get a uh, Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift combo? Maybe one of the. Uh, Let's do that. <laughs> get get but the, that's, the that pop for, star in there. That for me works. Yep. Because lots of people, you know, those you already got sporting people watching it. They showed Jason Horn Francis at the Sixers game the other night. They showed him on the TV. 
but he wasn't sitting in the influence seats. He was a bit few few rows back. Pushed backwards. He couldn't even couldn't even get in there. So there's my little dig. Get some real people. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Too you know? I'm, no, I'm, that's completely fair in my book. All right, that's the dig from the job site <laughs> to your backyard. Lighten the load with Sherlock, available at Bunnings Warehouse. I'm all pumped up now, fired up after no, that we'll, dig. We'll get them out and I'll come down and sit there again, that's all right. I'll uh, see what I can do. I'll get, I'll get, you can come join me with Sapper. Absolutely, you can sit yeah, next to can, me. You can, can do special comments yeah, exactly, at the next perfect. Sixers game. Absolutely, lock that in. We'll work that out. Back soon for more of uh, Saturdays in SA. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Wildpeak AT3W All-Terrain Tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. We're at Harbour Town. Bonds and Gibber here. Only a few minutes left before we wrap this thing up. It's been a great morning, uh, Bryce. It's been really good fun. Certainly has. We've uh, had a couple of great guests on as well. Heath Uni we spoke to about uh, the talent pathways that uh, our under-18s have been coming through this year and what their year has looked like. It's been a pretty full-on program for some of them. So you can catch that on the podcast, Bonds. uh, We spoke to the magic man, Miles Fitzner, as well. Yes. Talking all things Cox Plate today and, and some of his tips. Do you it's, want to run yeah, through them Cox again Plate for us? Day. He, gave us, he gave us his top five, which is Romantic Warrior, Alligator Blood, Gold Trip, Victoria Road and Militarise. And he did like Militarise. Uh, he thought wrote, if Romantic Warrior runs its race, it'll win. But um, yeah, there's there's uh, a little few little tips for you. And um, yeah, I, look, I want to just, before we go, I know we've only got a little bit of time left. Um, yesterday, um, a bit self-indulgent here, but um, my other boss, my other boss, uh, Craig Watts, has just opened the Line Drive Academy. So it's a purpose-built baseball hitting coaching zone. So Line Drive Academy, look for it on Facebook. Yesterday we had Jordan McArdle and uh, Rickson Wingrove, the two biggest hitters in the state that play for the Giants. Just gone straight to the top. Um, they Jeez, come down to good. test it out, and they had the pitching machine there, and they were smashing the baseballs everywhere. Uh, didn't go through the net, which was good. So, but that was—it's just a great little facility. There's nothing like it in South Australia. Um, so check that out, uh, Line Drive Academy. So a little uh, baseball little simulation. Baseball simulation. Stand and in like a batting cage and yeah. nets around you and yeah. just. Smack balls out the park. And um, we might have got a golf simulator as well, just to slot Ooh, in there. Now we're, talking bonds. For... <laughs> now we're talking. So Starting we to might... get out on the course a little bit we're... more at the moment well, now that I'm nice and retired, Bonds. Yeah, bit... I've got my nights back. So oh, I can, of course. I can uh, I can get on the course a little bit more now. So I might have to check it out if you've got uh, a golf simulation heading in there as well. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll work that out in the next uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, no, a great little facility. It's, it's a little dream. He had, and Watts used to play for the Giants and uh, played some uh, AAA for the for the Dodgers, LA Dodgers as well. Where they so set he's a up massive ones. Dodgers where can, fan. Where can people find uh, it? On, on Facebook, just check it out. Um, um, but we're at Welland, so close to the city. Perfect. Mm. Short drive. Yeah. So, yes, and Game 1 of the World Series just starting right now, thanks to uh, Riggs uh, for getting out here and, and telling that. Uh, NBA season's on. Uh, Victor Webb and Yama making a statement. My Celtics it. are going to win it all. So I'm loving it. Geez, Damien Lillard, not a bad Lillard debut for his, for the for his new sign. 39 um, points, if you don't mind. You lo- oh, I just love NBA season. So that started this week. It's all happening. 
Uh, Cox Plate Day, as we said. Um, Australia taking on New Zealand. There is just a plethora of sporting entertainment and stay on SEN, obviously. But what else you got planned for the day, Gibber? Nah, it's well, this beautiful sunny day. It's it's kids' birthday season at the moment. Yes. I just feel like there's a kids' party after kids' party after kids' party. So sort of turns into a bit of a, an Uber taxi service for us at the moment, Bon. So running the kids around to a couple of birthday parties and, yeah, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe a little date night tonight. Might handle oh, the nice. kids off to uh, to Nana and, and Peg and we'll, uh, we might go out for dinner and catch a movie or something and oh, nice. just put the feet up, I think. You deserve some time what about with the you, lovely mate? wife. What are you up to? Uh, I'm going home to paint a fence or finish painting well, a fence. And that's it's jobs. It's jobs like time that. Time of the year Perfect as well, Perfect day isn't for it. It is. Uh, look, it's been great to have you with us. Uh, whatever you're doing for the rest of your Saturday, hope you can enjoy it. Support the Redbacks. Get down to Adelaide Oval. Cricket on. Cox Plate Day. It's going to be great. Uh, and it's been great down here at Harbour Town. Thanks to our good friends at Solitaire Automotive. Come and see this nice new Cupra here as well. Uh, Gibber, it's been fun. Tommy will be back next week. Yes, thanks for filling in, Bonds. Always do a good job, mate. We'll, uh, we'll speak to you very soon. Bye, everyone.